Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from Newsstand Studios at Rockefeller Center. Here, as usual, with Nastasia the Hammer Lopez. How you doing, Stas? Good. Good. We got, you good? Mm-hmm. Doing well? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Got in the booth, Joe Hazen. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Hey, I hear you do a decent uh, me impression. <laughs> really? Yeah. I've, I mean... I hear, I mean, that's what I hear. Can you, hey, can you Dave Arnold. I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's like a mix of me and like uh, uh, like Grover or Cookie Monster or something. That's good. I like yeah, that. Appreciate stretching that. my throat. Appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, we have, a, for the last time in a while, actually, and we'll talk about that later. He's not going anywhere permanently, people. We got uh, John here, your your favorite customer service representative. How you doing, John? Doing great, thanks. Good to be yeah. back in the studio. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. back in New York. And... For longtime uh, listeners of uh, Cooking Issues, we have special guests in the studio today. And they'll come over and wave into the video feed at some point. Because we, right now, we're at baby steps, right, Stas? Right now, we can just have the picture of you and I up. But eventually, we'll be able to do this. Anyway, we have... Jackie Molecules, well, how you doing? I'm great. I showed up late today just to pay you back for all the years <laughs> of you being late. I know, it's rough. I, people, people, people. For those of you that are on the Patreon, we appreciate it. If you're listening live, you're on the Patreon. I was sitting here. Joe, back me up. I was sitting here in my seat. Mike pointed at my at my face at at noon on the dot, correct? You were here. I was here. You were here. I, was anyone else here? Just me and you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How times have changed. Hey, listen. I've always felt... Whatever. I'm not going to... Listen. If you're interested <laughs> in listening to this uh, live... Then go and even if not, you need to like join our new RSS feed. Go to uh, go to Patreon.com. I'm I'm told that the kids no longer know what a backslash versus a forward slash is. You just say slash. Slash. There's only one. There's yeah, only one slash with the hat. And yeah, the that's right. Guns yeah. and Roses. Thank yeah, you yeah, for picking yeah, yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who, by the way, apparently slash is friends with Buckethead. Huh. No beef there, huh? I don't think there's any Buckethead slash beef. Now, That's good. For those of you that don't know who Buckethead is, what's wrong with you? How do you not know who Buckethead is? Good question. Right? I mean, like, how do you, how do you, for the last, like, what is it, 20 years now, walk around with a, with a, with a KFC bucket on your head and like that, like whatever else he's wearing and not, you know, make an impression, right? I have to say, I don't really like any of Buckethead's albums, but I appreciate Buckethead. What about you? Who listens to that? I don't know. I mean, I know of Buckethead. And you know what? I'll say this. Anytime somebody's played me something from Buckethead, I'm like, you know what? That's pretty good. I mean, Bucket- but I, I don't know who seeks out Buckethead albums. I mean, I, I think everyone can agree. Buckethead, good musician, great musician. Sure. But I mean, not the stuff when you're like, oh, I need to get some work done. Let's listen to Buckethead. I mean, name one song. I can't. Exactly. But but like, Joe, what about you? What are, what are your feelings? That's- I can't name a song either. <laughs> no, but what do you I mean? Like, do you have the same general feelings we have about the Buckethead? I have no interest in Buckethead. Wow. Zero. What about, do you, but you like fried chicken. Yes, I love fried chicken. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. See, for me, I have different categories of music that I like to listen to. Like, I'm like, uh, I have the, the 3 a.m. I'm about to pass out and I still need to do a lot of welding music. That's like ministry or sometimes like James Brown. You know what I mean? I have the, I'm driving and I don't want to get into a car accident music. That's like, I don't know, like James Taylor. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like a different, different. Imagine getting into a car accident while listening to James Taylor. Oh my god! Oof! Oh my god! That would be terrible, right? Really melancholic, yeah. Okay, I'm sure Nastasia thinks about this all the time. Do you think about? 
I guarantee you think about this, and we've never discussed this. Ready? Yeah. All right. I have a feeling that you and I are exactly the same like this. Uh, every once in a while, I'm listening to a song, and I think about what if something horrible happened to me right now, and this song would be ruined forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think about that, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. By the way, for those of you that are on our Patreon, the call-in number is 917-410-1507. That's 917-410-1507. What do you think? That's a good way to put it? 410-1507? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not 1507. What kind of idiot says 1507. that? 1507. Sounds like a, like a, like a, like your first apartment when you when you, you got your first apartment. Yeah. How do people find roommates, by the way, nowadays? How does that, how does, how does that work? I don't know. So like, let's say if my son needed to find a roommate, how does that work? I don't know. All right. Got to be an app for it. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Got apps for everything now. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, before we get into it, just so you, just so you know, uh, we're recording this on the hundredth uh, anniversary of the uh, Tulsa massacre, which unbelievably, John, I first learned about. It. I don't know how much you knew about it beforehand, but that was my first time too. Was that? It was only three years ago, right? Yeah. It was only three. Yeah, two years ago, maybe. Two years ago. Yeah. Two or three years ago, uh, we got a tour uh, by uh, John Franklin, who's the the grandson of a survivor of the of the of the massacre, and whose father is a famous historian uh, at the uh, Namak Museum in uh, in D.C. And I couldn't believe that the my entire life, all of the classes I've ever taken on American history, and there have been plenty, right? Uh, I had never known about it. I'm assuming that kids are taught this now. Right. Hopefully. Did, did, what about you guys? What about the What about the three of you guys? Did you guys heard about this growing up? Did no. You, no. Can you no. believe that? No. I mean, I can believe it. Unfortunately. I mean, but can you believe a, an entire neighborhood was firebombed and no? Oh, that I can't believe. No. No. No record. Anyway, so uh, I didn't want to just gloss over yeah. that we're recording that today uh, uh, on that day. Anyways, uh, so the other news is that, like I said, John is not going to be here. For about a month, right, John? Yeah, like three, three and a half weeks. Yeah, so why don't you, you want to tell people what you're doing? Yeah, on Monday, I am leaving for Italy. I'm going to go to Rome for a couple of days, spend a day or two in Naples, and a day or two in Pompeii, and then two weeks in Sicily. Um, so if anybody has food recommendations or drink recommendations or things like that, please send them to me. Wait, wait, wait. wait. But you're staying how long in Pompeii? One or two days. Isn't it? Yeah, Pompeii's like a one and done, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good food around there, but I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of good places around Pompeii, yeah. but I mean, I mean, you could you go see where the people got incinerated and then, you know, yeah. no? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be pretty cool to look at all that, you know, archaeological digs and see what, uh, what's there. Yeah. Saz, so, you ever done the Vesuvius? Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you think about it? I thought it was fun. Was Pompeii a one and done? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You know what? Like, oh, I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, so for those of you that don't know John personally, here's a good reason to be nice to John and get to know John personally. Ain't nobody research food for trips like John does. When I told John, uh, you know, right before the pandemic, I was like, hey, John, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Belgium. Uh, you got any good places? He sent me a 24 page typed manuscript, city by city, category by category, name of place, links, what to get there and what, with a very heavy very heavy, uh, what's it called? Um, well, no, very heavy, uh, like, uh, like layered towards food, but also like, you know, John's not opposed to a UNESCO World Heritage Site, right? No. Yeah, big fan. Uh, yeah. You know, I set up the the tables, you know, on the 
leftmost column, it's like the day that I'm there. And the next column, it's like the sites I want to see. And then the next column, break it down by all the restaurants that are around that site. So like that, if I'm around that site and I get a little hungry, there's a couple of places right nearby. And then the column next to that, I put what to eat there. Yeah, but it's like, it's like snack, snack, lunch, snack, snack, dinner. Yep. You know what I mean? So he's like, go here. He's like, you need to go. So, you know, if you're doing uh, Brussels, he's like, you need to go here for the speckle and here for the waffle. And then you need to go here. You're like, boop, 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 here for the tiny shrimp. You know about the tiny shrimp, right? Mm-mm. Talk about the, talk, have we talked about this on air, John? About the about your you, you having to rake so. up the tiny shrimp. Go give me some tiny shrimp. Yeah, so they're called crevette grise. Um, and speaking of UNESCO recognized things, fishing for them is a UNESCO like recognized intangible cultural heritage practice. So in on the Belgian seaside near Ostend and De Han, um, just you know right across from from the UK, you can see it from from one side to the other, but. They take these big, I think they're Clydesdale horses, and they essentially like rake through the shallow waters for these little tiny gray shrimp that are in there. And so as a kid, when I'd go visit my grandmother, we would do, you know, my brother or sister and I, we would uh, go out there with our little nets and kind of go through it by hand and bring them back to our grandmother. She would peel them for what seemed like forever. I mean, these things were tiny, maybe the, you know, a little bit longer than a fingernail. Um, So yeah, my grandmother was shelling away and then we'd cook them, toss them in mayo, and then put them uh, in a hollowed out tomato essentially yeah the the uh the the problem area there is the tomato right <laughs> yeah. i mean i had it shrimp was great all that tomato was complete garbage mm. you know what i mean because they're putting it into a tomato in like when was i there february or something like that yeah. and you know just saying that yeah. was, but it, that that's the thing like i i told you guys about booker didn't i did i tell you guys about booker and tomatoes no so my son booker Eats so much tuna that he's going to go full, like, Jeremy Piven, like, you know, mercury poisoning. poisoning. (laughs) Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Jeremy Piven, who I think is, you know, a good actor. I enjoy him, but like a well-known kind of a butthead, right? And like went total like loon boons on somebody and blamed it on the excessive amount of bluefin tuna sushi that he was eating and that he got mercury poisoning. Now, if there's ever a way to say that you're an a-hole, yep. it's that you eat so much bluefin that you got mercury poisoning. Right there, you're like, hey, uh, well, I mean, I'm saying I'm an a-hole. You know what I mean? Doubling down on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Triple even. It's like so hardcore, right? <laughs> so anyway, so like that was the argument. So I get worried because Booker, you know, who's like, he's six foot like two now, he literally weighs a hundred and like twenty eight pounds. He's like a stick figure. You know what I'm saying? He's like uh, he's like uh, like w- that character from Nightmare Before Christmas. He's like a oh, head yeah. and like a, Jack, a yeah. long body. You know what I mean? Uh, he needs the sewing skills though. He needs the sewing skills. Doesn't Skeleton Jack have good? Oh, he hires no, someone. No, that's, with good that's Sally. Right? Sally's yeah, that's got Sally. the sewing yeah. skills. So yeah. What does he do? Sings and Sings. dances. I don't know. Oh, that's a good skill. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a good skill. Anyway, so <laughs> he was eating like. Two, three cans of tuna a day. And I was like, Booker, first of all, you don't have enough body mass to be eating like top chain predator bioaccumulators. And that was all he was eating was just like mercury on mercury on mercury. So so much so that I have to buy him. How is he af- affording all of this? <laughs> what? what, what, what? <laughs> okay, Nastasia, <laughs> let's get your amazing parenting skills on record. No, no, I just like- so I should starve my child? No, no. If okay, you're worried no, no, what's about the answer? him getting poisoning, I, like how is he getting all of this stuff? I don't know if you know this. Tuna fish isn't that expensive, and we have these oh. things in New York City called supermarkets. So he buys it. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so it's like he's eating like two, three cans. I find him in the trash because he's terrible at hiding things. So I had to like to try to not have him too much poisoning. I had to go get him 
uh, the mercury, like the low mercury tuna, which they test each can of mercury uh, for mercury. But you know how they get low mercury tuna, don't you? No. Yeah, they kill young tuna. Right. Mm. So it's actually like not a good idea. Like the low mercury, like, like I'm kind of damaging the earth to save my son's brain. Right. Which I, I guess is a win. I guess. Hmm. If you have to pick one. So you know, <laughs> se separate, separate story, separate story. So he basically he says I'm a grizzly bear and he only eats fish products. Right. So uh, I was for the book. I was doing some salmon. I was shooting some salmon for the book. Right. And so in the house, I had a piece of salmon that I was cooking and I had a fully cured side of salmon, right? Fully cured side of salmon. And then another side of salmon I was curing. And when I went away for the weekend, he didn't come with us. Gone. 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 He ate an entire side of salmon in one day. And that's in addition to the tuna and stuff. He's about how did I get out of that. Oh. So he was buying tuna fish sandwiches from Subway. By the way, and we have discussed this, Booker knows every menu at every Subway restaurant on earth because what he does, one of his hobbies is he looks on the website and tries to find the most expensive online Subway sandwiches he can get anywhere and also the cheapest. So he found once in some place in Brooklyn, some like set of things you could like click that has a, a glitch whereby the sandwich was free. He once found a glitch where he could buy a Metro North ticket for uh, $8,000. Metro North is our local commuter rail. The most you can spend is probably $30, $40. Yeah. He, he found an $8,000 glitch. He finds all the glitches. So he'll find the most expensive Subway sandwich, which I think was somewhere in Europe. He found an incredibly expensive Subway sandwich and he'll find the cheapest Subway sandwiches. He says he might want to work there from his experience working with you, Nastasi. He wants to I go back. I told you what the problem would be. Yeah, yeah, the cleaning. Anyways, <laughs> so like he he won't put mayonnaise or anything on a sandwich. So this is why sandwiches are terrible for him because they're 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 dry. So he decided he likes tuna fish salad. Won't eat chick. Will eat chicken. Won't eat chicken salad. Will eat tuna fish salad. Why? Only God knows. But he wouldn't put any vegetables on the tuna fish salad. On sandwiches. So I finally convinced him. This is where the story was coming from. I finally convinced him to get like lettuce and tomato on the uh, on the on the Subway sandwich. He was like, oh, it's good. Actually, it's good. It adds crunch. And I was like, oh, good. Great. So then when he was making sandwiches at home, I bought him decent tomatoes. Right. So I slice it and he's like, dad, these aren't these tomatoes are not good for sandwiches. They're they're wet. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? He's like, I want the Subway style tomatoes like they have to be kind of crunchy and dry they should like a tomato should be dry like why is this one so bright red and wet i was like <gasps> <laughs> well that saves you money i guess but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> buy those styrofoam tomatoes and have them in my house Stas got money on the mind today Money well, on the mind. Yeah. How's he affording that tuna fish? <laughs> anyway, uh, by the way, also uh, to go back to where this came from, to finish uh, John's story about Tiny Shrimp, John now has the, story, the song Tiny Shrimp Superstar going on in my head to the tune of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to leave you there. You can sing it in your own head. So, okay, so, John, yep. aside from the Tiny Shrimp, what have you racked up so far? I know you haven't fully finished your research yet, but you said you've done some of the stuff for uh, some of the places you're going. So why don't you hook us up? Yeah, so in Rome is where I've done most of my research so far because that's where I'm going to leave on Monday night and then get there uh, Tuesday morning and don't want to miss a second of everything I can eat. So the one thing that I'm really looking forward to eating is the 
Bright Artichokes. How, how do you say it, Dave? Uh, uh, Cartrophy alla Giuda. Alla Giuda, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's the season, right? So you're hitting it right at the right time. Yep. You ever had that in season, Stas? Yeah, I thought it was late April, though. Doesn't it extend? It's like a, it's like a, it's like weeks. No. Mm, I'll probably still have it. <laughs> yes. Did you like it? Yeah. Crunchy and smash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, they have a bunch of different cartrophy things. So that's just the famous one that's over here, right? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Uh, what else you got? What else are you going to eat over there? Are you going to do the coffee stuff? You're going to do all the famous Roman coffee stuff? I wasn't planning it. I was going to try and do a bunch of gelato, though, because I feel like that will also be the season. Yeah, you know the secret of uh, Italian gelato, right? No. Stabilizer. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It tastes good. I'm for it. Yeah. I'm not against it. Yeah. I like some dense, stabilized stuff. That's my whole life is dense and stabilized. Well, kind of stabilized. Kind of not. Um what else? You're not going to do any of that? You're not going to go see the famous, like, uh, what's the famous one again, Stas? Cafe San Stacchio? Oh, I don't know. There's a famous, I think it's Cafe San Stacchio, where they do some little, they do some little, like, weird secret McGillicuddy in the, in, in, on the thing. So when you go to order it, they have, like, a blind. You can't see the oh, actual yeah. barista. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's two famous ones. I forget which is the one that does this. And they... They do something funky with the milk or something like this, and and you don't get like a straight, even their straight like espresso. They do a little something something to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can you just give me a normal espresso and let me watch you make it? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, when you're here, and there, I think that's also the place. I could be wrong because I haven't researched it in advance today, like I should have. They're the ones that uh, wood fire their roasters, and they have that weird like yellow container. Anyway, so you should check that stuff out. Yeah, what, no. what, what else are you gonna eat? Uh. Want to go check out the markets, the Mercato Tionfale, hopefully I'm pronouncing that properly, and the Nuevo Mercato Testacio. Uh, they both sound like really cool kind of open-air markets and see what all the kind of produce and meats and fish are being sold, and then obviously as much pasta as my body can handle. Oh, yeah? How much how much pasta can your body handle? Pretty solid amount. So I'm going to, I'm you know, I'll let you know when I come back how much, uh, yeah. what, the, what the limit is. Yeah, yeah. How many plates a day? All right. Okay. Uh, wait, you're not going north all. You're going from Rome and going south, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Huh. If yes. I if I was going right now, I would before most of the tourists get. I think like like they're open for business, but I think like they haven't. It's not fully full yet, right? They just opened like two weeks ago, even yeah. Oh my god! If I could go there right now, I would immediately go to uh, the gardens. I would check out the uh, Villa d'Este and the the Villa Lante and Bomarzo, which is like crazy in the forest like messed up sculptures out of rocks of like soldiers getting crushed by freaking elephants and giant mouths ready to eat you it's a crazy place yeah, it's and cool. ain't nobody going to Bomarzo. a lot of people go to tivoli to see the the villa desta because it's amazing uh, and a lot of people go to bagnaia to see the the villa lante uh i like gardens anyway so like but Bomarzo, which is this demented garden in the in the forest nobody goes to it and it's watched over so this crazy violent like not really well in 95 which is the last time i was there it wasn't really well maintained like a lot was cracked open it was kind of like really rustic it hadn't been like fully touristified yet was it when you visited was it fully touristified or was it still rustic it's still kind of yeah it was rustic but the town where it is bomarzo is like built on like this like piece of rock coming out of the ground it's like and then and then on the on the top of it is this like kind of village made of rock where the Orsini, which were the kind of enforcers, you know what I mean? Like the Cardinals enforcer family was like living on the top of this rock. So it's just like one big, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's good. It's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's going down to, uh, wait, Joe, aren't you, uh, aren't you part Sicilian? 
Yes, Sicilian. He's, a, he's ending his trip in Sicily, but he hasn't done the research yet. Do you have anything for him down there? I was over in the Etna area. Never been to Palermo. I was in the southeast corner. I went to go see my my mother's home in Pozzalo. And um, I loved Syracuse. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah? Yes. Oh, never, I mean, I've, I've never been. It's an underground spring-fed city. And uh, you can go out to the spring that's in the ocean. It's oh, quite, that sounds sick. Yeah, I want yeah. that. It's beautiful. I want that. I've never been south of Rome. And the really? blood oranges yeah. are phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, I've never visited uh, my stepfather's uh, ancestral uh, area, which is kind of pathetic. I wanted to go oh. back with him. He's never. He's never. He's my again. My stepfather loves COVID. This is like he. Th- there's nothing he enjoys more than not having to see anybody ever. It's just unfortunate for my mom. So, like, he's holed up right now on Cape Cod. All he's doing, drinking wine and fishing for stripers. You got two modes. Well, three things. He sleeps, fishes for stripers, drinks wine. Those are the three things. Sounds great. Yeah. Else. Yeah. He gave gave up cigars for the COVID because of uh, all Uh. the potential lung problems people are having with it. So, that was the—he used to have four things. Now, he has three things. Mm. When you say stripers, it's like white bass, right? The striped bass, yeah, 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 big ones. So like he's uh, he's a surf caster. He doesn't like uh, he doesn't like going on boats. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to shoot one for the book. So now he's like uh, he's he's gonna get me some. We'll do some full we'll do some full stripers. Um, I forget. I don't know what the limit is this year. It changes year to year what the length of striper you need for the surf casting to keep him. Uh, he hasn't gotten that many blues. It used to be that like he prefers. Like stripers, I think, just because when you fish for bluefish, like they bite through the leader so much that you have to run steel leaders on them. And I, I just don't think he likes having that kind of kid around. And he focuses mainly on he focuses mainly on stripers. So like his main enemies on Earth are besides other people. Right. Seals. Mm. seals he freaking hates seals because this you're it used to be i'm not advocating shooting seals but it used to be that you would get a on the cape you would cape cod that is you would get a bounty for every seal that you kill right you wow yeah you get a bounty for it because the fishermen are like no we don't want these seals now because obviously you're not allowed to kill the seals anymore a seal will go up take a fish off your line and laugh in your face and you're not allowed to like you, did, you, can't, you can't do anything. You're just there dealing with it. But you know who is allowed to kill seals? Sharks. Great white sharks. You are correct, Nastasia. Hey. Ding for the lady who lives on the water. <laughs> and it's like, so the great white shark attacks in the outer cape have gone like, I mean, going through the roof means like, you know, two a year as opposed uh, to none. But it's like oh. everyone's worried about the great white sharks now because of the, uh, because there's so many freaking seals. Someone had to pick up the slack. Well, I mean, for all I know, seals are the tastiest damn thing. I don't... Mm. Oh, actually, that's not true. I do have seal recipes. You should get to some questions from our Patreon people. Uh, all, right, all right. All right. Wait, wait, wait. So do we have anything else, uh, John, on the trip? Before we go, we got to talk about the Connecticut product that you brought that we're all going to taste. Oh, yeah. I brought the Connecticut-style hot dog relish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Mm, okay, so we're, we're to encourage people to join our Patreon. Well, we, it's... It is what it, what they get. Well, they get to listen live, but we're going to answer get, their question first. Their questions first, yeah. That's is what, that, what, is that what we Patreon. said? It's like sky priority. Oh, yeah. you know, is that deltas? Yeah, yeah. What do you get now? You can't even. The stats and I were saying, one person gets their teeth knocked out. Now none of us can drink on a plane anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I was a kid, 
I wrote a song about this. Uh, there was a guy, I forget his name. He was, of course, he was a finance guy. No offense, finance people. And he got liquored up to get on the airplane, got on the airplane. This is like, you know, decades ago. Got on the airplane, requested more liquor. Flight attendant was like, no, you've had enough. Why don't you just go to your seat? First class, obviously, finance guy. Jumps up on the drink cart, drops trowel and poops. Oof. <laughs> and so we wrote a song about him called Drink Cart Crapper, which I have a recording of somewhere. And the chorus is, seemed like a good idea at the time. Seemed like a good idea at the time. And then what was he thinking? He had been drinking. Yeah. Drink cart crapper. Yeah. Drink cart crapper. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, so back then they weren't like, oh, one guy takes a crap on a drink cart. Uh, you know, so now no one can drink on a plane anymore. They said, oh, guy takes a, a crap on a drink cart. Guy's not allowed to fly anymore, which seems to me to be a more reasonable response. Yeah. Because some of us, I don't know if you know this, some of us get afraid on airplanes and we don't necessarily want to take like hardcore, like, 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 uh, like mind altering stuff. We just want to take the edge off of the fact of it's either that or rip the seats apart with our, with our, with our fingernails. Right, Stas? You and I are bad. Oh my God. Really both of you, huh? Don't ever fly next to Nastasi. Or Dave. (laughs) Listen, I used to take, I used to take, um, benzodiazepines to fly and i did it until when my when my wife was pregnant i once took i think i told this on her i took two flights in one day and i took it on the way there and i took it on the way back because i didn't understand like the biological half-life of these things so i showed up at the lamaze class completely drugged out to the extent that like the teacher was asking my you know my wife Hey, are you okay? Do I need to call somebody? Blah blah blah. I was watching the 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 video of the of the birth. I'm like, this is boring. I, like, I'm I'm tired. You know what I mean? I was it was a nightmare. So anyway, so I tried to I we I was able to successfully wean myself off so I can fly without doing anything now, right? However, it's nice to have a little something to take that edge off, right, Stas? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, okay, questions. We have oh, thirty minutes. All right, one more thing. One more thing. Do you know the story about the picture of my wife? Probably. So for, for, yes. the, for the people that have for the people that have video. So when I first went to visit my uh, in-laws family in uh, we weren't married yet in Arizona, they I, I was 23 or 22. They had the pictures of the, you know, the kids. My wife is one of three sisters out there. And I took a picture of my wife from junior high and I kept it in my wallet for years. And when anyone asked to see a picture of my wife, I would be like, here's my wife. And I would show the picture from junior high and Jen got so mad at me that she took it and threw it away. And then she came across the same photo in at, at her parents' house. And now that, you know, we're 50, she's like, you can show people the, the wow. junior high photo. So there it is, my wife. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But that's only for those of you that are paying for the video fee, all right? Wow. That's it. Strong, right? Look at that. That's some serious perm on that, right? Mm -hmm. She's got that whole, like, you know, this is back when we were all listening to Eddie Van Halen. Valerie Bertinelli was, like, Mm -hmm. the top of the top. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. How's how's that for Patreon access? Yeah. If you don't become a member now, I don't know what'll do it. You're never going to get to see Jen's awesome, like, pink and blue... 
dungy blouse. What is that? <laughs> blouse. Blouse. You you guys don't know about the dungy sandwich? That's when someone wears the double denim. Du- double oh, denim. Okay. Yeah, Dun- yeah, yeah. Dungy sandwich. Yep, yep. Yeah. My wife. Anyway, <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, little little bonus. For the people. Uh, Nicholas Scoovis wrote in, Hey folks, glad you're doing the Patreon thing. Uh, It's a great idea. Now, we answered some of his questions last week, right? Because the questions were about flour. But specifically, John thinks I did not answer. Well, he thinks I didn't answer the sourcing. So so Nicholas wanted to know about sourcing. How do you source? And I have to say, if you want to source products, right, uh, you have to get really crazy about it. You have to get really jazzed about it. You know what I mean? It's like, I remember when I was a kid, I really wanted a sword. And when I was a kid, all you had was the yellow pages, right? There was no internet. There was no nothing. There was the yellow pages and there was like walking around New York City. So you just had to sit there and think about different categories of people that might sell swords and just keep calling everyone in the phone book that was in that category and then asking them whether they knew someone that sold some. I was like, you don't sell swords? Do you know who does sell swords? Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how you would like, and you, you would eventually I find did this it. this too. Yeah. But the same thing holds true a little bit for the internet, right? So like, and it's all about who you get on the phone. You can't be afraid to pick up the phone and call somebody. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, here, I know you're in Australia. Uh, don't get Nastasia started. <laughs> but like, or you. Hey, but like, uh, so like, the... I don't know how it works there, but here we're very fortunate that there are a bunch of companies that cater to people at home who want to do stuff that's normally big player stuff. So like they'll they'll buy 50 pound sacks of wheat, take them down to like a couple of pounds to let you try, or they'll buy like a whole lot of uh, green coffee or they'll buy a whole lot of cacao nibs and then bundle them down for you. So I'm sure there's somebody in Australia who's doing the same thing. Uh, It's just a question of like literally it's like keep noodling around until you find it. And like, yeah, it's have to run down a bunch of rabbit holes. And for me, actually, actually remember what I always say, it's not a rabbit hole. It's a rat's nest. Gross. Uh, mm. But like uh, the point is, is that for me, half the fun is kind of burrowing down. Like, so for Nastasia, right? What I like, what, what I like to give her that I think gives her joy is trying to get a hold of some random person. Like that's what she's good at. Right. Mm-hmm. Or because you enjoy it. Mm hmm. Right. For me, like finding some random product, Nastasia doesn't care so much about that. So she leaves that to me. Like the time that we had to go find uh, a sturgeon spinal cord. Yeah. And we're like, where are you going to find sturgeon spinal cord? Like, where do we got a lot of Russians? You know what I mean? And so we would like, we literally like went to a neighborhood where there were a lot of Russians and we would go into all the stores and be like, spinal cord, spinal cord. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was one of our first trips. We eventually got some. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because eventually someone's like, eh, sure, fine, spinal cord. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I'll also chime in. I think, you know, if you, Nicholas, if there's a good restaurant that you like that makes the good pasta or something like that, just call them up and ask, yeah. to speak to the kitchen. You know, like a lot of chefs, cooks don't mind sharing information. It's not proprietary. They want people to cook good food. So no harm in asking. And also, this is a great point, John. This is an excellent point. You have given a good service. And I have to say, this is the same kind of service he gives as a customer service representative, by the Thank way. Thank you. Yeah. But don't expect fast answering for the next month because he's going to be in Italy getting stories to tell you oh, they're for not, later. They don't care. I mean, they don't care. They care if they hear responses well, on customer yes, service. But I'm, yeah, I'm gonna field. I'm gonna field the customer service questions. Oh, geez. Listen, you better pray you don't have a problem with your Booker and Dax problem <laughs> for the next month. You yeah. better pray. Uh, Unless you're a Patreon. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, even so, even so. Come on. Uh, so, 
the other thing you can do at a lot of places, uh, like small bakeries and whatnot, they realize that you're not going to take their business away, that you just want to try it once or twice. They might even sell you some. You know what yep. I mean? Like, yep. you know, take a pound of this. Who cares? You know what I mean? They'll, they'll, they'll sell it to you. I mean, don't abuse that, though. Like, so, like, if you go to someone and someone's nice to you, don't abuse it. Like I used yeah. to with the, the scrapyard that I used to go to in New Haven where I would get all my stuff for sculptures. And eventually the guy's like, kid, I shouldn't even let you on the yard. What are you doing? Why are you talking to me? Just buy the stuff and get out. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, just because you can get the Durham from them doesn't mean you can ask them to start ordering you like dried steaks and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't mean that you can get Durham every day. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so back to the important qualities to look for when evaluating a wheat. Uh, I think I said a little bit about this before, but it was at the very end. So I'm going to get a little bit more uh, into depth or as Nastasia says, a little bit more into Snoozeville. <laughs> a lot of the Woo. problems with specifications on flour. And if you read Adam Leonti's book, which you said you did, there's a lot of really confusing specifications for, for flour. And there's also uh, a huge difference between whole wheat flour, fresh whole wheat flour and, and white flour. Uh, and so the things you have to worry about are this. One, uh, the harder the wheat, regardless of its gluten content, regardless of the ability of the proteins in it to form a good gluten network, the harder the wheat, when you mill it, the more damaged starch you will have in it. And therefore, the more, uh, the stiffer a dough will be at a certain water content, right? Now, that is super important. And in fact, like that's the damaged starch, right, is the overlooked thing that most people uh, aren't thinking about in, in their flowers, right? So a soft wheat has very little damaged starch. So if you're milling a soft wheat and you're going to try to use it in a recipe, you either have to add a lot less liquid or you have to hit it with a little xanthan to absorb up uh, the extra water. And the reason is, is that broken starch absorbs 10 times more water than uh, unbroken starch does. And if you need to see uh, this in action, just take wheat starch, which is wet milled and unbroken, and add the same amount of water to that as you do to a flour where a portion. So in a hard flour, maybe it's like 18, 19% of the starch is damaged, starch broken, and just see the difference in how much water it absorbs. So there's just a different level of moisture holding between damaged starch. So that's hugely important. And the other thing with freshly milled wheat is the enzymes are so much more active. So all of these people who are doing these like doughs with their, with their, with their AP flowers and with their bread flowers, where they're letting it sit for like two and three days, like the enzymes in whole wheat are so active which is what the falling number was that Adam Leonti talks about in his book. They're so active that the dough goes slack because the enzymes will just eat all the broken starch and like make the dough slack. So those are the two things to look for. All right. Mm -hmm. So whether you have a specific protein content, get a high protein content. If you want to do bread, uh, do yourself a huge favor if you're milling your own wheat and get you some soft wheat, because that's the kind of stuff that is really a game changer. Get the soft wheat, Get a little xanthan for when you, if you're doing like cakes with soft wheat, because you're not going to have the water holding capacity of a bleached uh, cake flour. All right. So I would get some soft, get some hard, then get some like specialty wheats that are good for specific tasks. Like get some Sonora white. If you can get the U.S. stuff to learn why the flour tortilla was developed, because the flour tortilla was developed around the specific 
um, product, that specific product because it has a high protein content. So it's got good bite, but low uh, elasticity, the same way Durham does. So it doesn't snap back when you're making tortillas. Anyway, so is that sufficiently answered, John? Yep. Covered, smothered? Covered, smothered, good. All right. Ooh. Ooh. From David Steinberg. Hey, gang. I made a pasta a la herbe from Abugiali on pasta. Uh, I don't own this book, uh, David, so, but I was able to find uh, the recipe and, and look at it. So who we're talking about is uh, Giuliano Bugiali. We've done him on Classics in the Field in the past. Of course, that's an old RSS feed. So, uh, you know, oh, Tap by the way, the archives. For, the, for those of you that don't know, before I finish this question, I think I can say, Jack said, so Jackie Molecules is going to take an ongoing role going forward in cooking issues. I'm back. Jack is back. Yes. The Molecules is back in, well, he's not literally back in town. He's back in town today, but he's going to be living in L.A. Mm -hmm. But I, I do live in L.A., yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's going to continue to live in L.A. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. You know, see how long it lasts, but I'm here. Yeah? Yeah, I'm here, back in the squad. What's your favorite ex-New Yorker L.A. song? Is it more Randy Newman, more Neil Diamond? My favorite ex-New Yorker L.A. song? That is, what? Um, well, it's got to either be the, the Neil Diamond song. So LA's fine. Sun shines most of the time. The feeling is laid back. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing here. Right? Yeah. Palm trees grow, rents are low. Mm hmm But sometimes you keep I mean, thinking about finding your way back. That's pretty perfect. Yeah. If that's Neil, yeah. right? <laughs> Whereas Randy Newman is just like, I love LA. <laughs> right. I love it. You know what I mean? So which which are you? I'm somewhere in the middle of those two. Yeah? I think I'm more towards Neil. More more Neil? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'm 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 here helping out. Um, you know, overseeing some of the Patreon stuff. Nice. And you're, uh, you're handling the chat room and Nastasi's handling the today non-existent calls. That's right. Mm -hmm. Nice. They got scared off by her last time. Oh man, she's brutal. I love it. Yeah. And they, they, it's kind of good though. It's like people can kind of sense what it's really like. Like it's like Nastasi is not like, this is not a role Nastasia. This is just, no, what just she, her. Just her. Just her. Well, I mean, I want the radio show to move along. It's not a personal phone call with you, you know? You yeah. got to pay a lot for that. I was very forgiving and back did, in the old days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did not want a personal phone call with me, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they do. No. Anyway. <laughs> hey, gang. I made pasta a la herbe from a Bujali on pasta. Uh, and Bujali said to shell a pound of peas. So, first of all, uh, and soak in cold water with a teaspoon of flour. Then drain and cook the peas with other vegetables in a little stock like a chicken stock or something, uh, basically making a uh, pasta primavera. Any idea what's going on with this teaspoon of flour? Best and keep up the excellent work, David. So, David, uh, first of all, you should know Bujali was all about reading old recipes and then not changing them at all. And then having a big smile on his face while he called you Satan for messing with recipes. At the end of this recipe is classic Bujali. So Bujali is... Bujali is, um, uh, oh my God, his name just went out of my head. Primo. And second, uh, from a Big Night. Oh, I don't know. Shalhoub, Tony yeah. Shalhoub. He is Tony Shalhoub from uh, Big Night, right? Or was, he's dead now. But like, he was that guy. So like, at the end of the recipe, it says, please, add no cheese. You know what I mean? Add no cheese to this recipe. Anyway, so that's very like Bujali of him. But he got this recipe from a like Renaissance Florentine recipe. And if you know anything about like that area and, and the food, like peas, like fresh peas are a big deal, 
right? Which goes to show that he's not like buy peas. He's like get fresh peas and shell them, right? Now, I wasn't, I don't speak Italian, so I couldn't look it up. I couldn't find any information, any modern information on um, soaking a fresh. Some people have, so some peas are are taken, um, they're dried a little bit or they're allowed to, I would say, mature in the pod, right? And so they're a little dry. And even after you shell them out of the pod, they need to be soaked a little bit to pick up on the stuff or they're semi-dried like, uh, but but I'm pretty sure that Bujali is talking about fresh like young peas, like the ones that you make the rice and peas with. You like that stuff, stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with the ham. and mm -hmm. the, Yeah, it's good, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I'm pretty sure with the stock and the ham, hmm, I'm pretty sure that's what he's talking about here. Uh, so I couldn't think of any reason to soak them because they don't need any extra moisture. Here's the one thing I was thinking of. See what you, get, what you guys think. Okay. Maybe, because it's an old, old recipe, they're worried about uh, bugs. So like, you, uh, this is just a speculation. There used to be, you know, you'd get things and there'd be all kinds of weevils and bugs in them. And I know that um, peas, especially when you're planting seeds, they would try to figure out ways to make sure that you weren't getting one with. So maybe it's like some like old tale, like the way that you remember how when you were a kid, when you got clams, you put the cornmeal in the water to get rid of the sand, even though it doesn't work. Am I the only one that was taught this? I was not taught that. Mm. I wasn't taught that either. Anyway, so like maybe it's, I don't know, some weird like, it's not just my family, but it used to be told that you get the clams, you put them in the in the in the water with cornmeal, and they would spit up the sand. It's a lie. It doesn't, doesn't work. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. It's a lie. It doesn't work. <laughs> I'm just saying, but that's what we were taught. But that was the reason. So what I'm guessing here is maybe the flour is there because it's rinsed off, right? So it's and nothing is there's no there's no thing in the flour that could talk to the pea. So what, what uh, you know, uh, in the absence of information. What I am getting is that some Renaissance Florentine person was like, I'm going to coax the bug out of the pea with the flower. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm getting. That's my mind. I like mm -hmm. that hidden context of all these old recipes, right? There's there's always something. Always there, something yeah. No one ever doesn't. Look, stuff wasn't free. So no one ever did anything for no reason. Right. There was a right. reason. We just don't know what it maybe is. Maybe misguided, maybe right. completely unnecessary. But Right. Could, could be mean, most things totally wrong. Right. But there was a reason. Well, it's funny you say that about the bugs, because that's not the only incident instance instance where I've heard about bugs and Italian food. They say that also a Sambuca, when you're pouring out the drink, you're supposed to put the three espresso beans in, which is very Italian to say for the Trinity, but not the locals. The locals believe that the coffee beans are there to distract the bugs from getting into your drink because mm -hmm. the bugs notice there's already three other bugs inside. Oh. They don't want to go in. <laughs> so, oh, that's so awesome. I don't know if I believe it, that's but it's really a good story. Good. That is, really I good. love that, Joe. <laughs> Joe, I like that a lot. That is good information. My, uh, Have you... Have you guys, the maggot cheese is up north, right? Have you, have you guys ever tried that? No, oh, I thought it was in um, is it Sardinia. South? Sardinia. Maybe a couple of people do the maggot cheese. My my, uh, my stepfather's father, the butcher, he had the maggot cheese. Or he didn't have it. He was there and saw the people soaking up the maggots with the bread and eating it. I don't know. I mean, like, I want to say I would do it, but I don't know. What about you guys? I don't know. No, yeah, no, no. no maggots for me. No maggots? I'd no do it. Maggots for me. You do it? Yeah, why not? Would you enjoy it? Or would it be the kind of thing where you're like, <laughs> into your mouth? I mean, I also ate the fermented shark in Iceland, so I'm... That know. wasn't so bad, though. Oh, it, come on. Yes, it was. Uh, that was nothing compared to the surströmming, dude. The, the surströmming, the Swedish surströmming, oh. I put that into my mouth, and I was actively pushing my entire gut <laughs> back into my body. Mm. I was like... <laughs> getting it down. And I might have the same mental problem... <laughs> 
It's like, it's like, uh, you know, I'm sure it's delicious. I don't want to eat dog. I would have a tough time eating dog. Right, right, you know right, what I mean? right, right. Yeah. And yes, it's hypocritical because I eat animals that are as smart and friendly as, do uh, as dogs. But what can I say? I I'm not saying that I'm logically consistent all the time. At least I hope I know when I'm not. Let's get to some more questions. Uh, all right. There's another bug thing, though. There's another bug thing. So you had the three bugs. Oh, my favorite bar uh, the Holland Bar. I'm sure it's different now, but when I used to go like 20 years ago, every drink was garnished with fruit flies. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. it say it on the menu? It didn't. It was a no charge situation. <laughs> and I told you guys, like literally, when I when I went there, my favorite taqueria in the in the 30s, uh, you know, on Ninth Avenue over there at the time, because it was all it was all sweatshops, and so there was some decent, you know, for New York, decent like taquerias. We like from yeah, everyone was from Puebla, all the people who ran from Puebla, and a friend of mine came in from L.A. Or from oh, he's in Oakland now. Anyway, so like he came in, and he was like, and he got the pozole, and it was full of bugs. Going back to bugs, full of bugs. Uh, cause you know, dry, dry goods are stored and bugs get into them, you know, and he goes, uh, to the guy, he goes, Hey, this is full of weevils. And the guy's like, literally it's so strong. No charge. And that was it. Of course <laughs> it wasn't with that accent cause they were both speaking to each other in Spanish, but you know what I mean? It's like, anyway, I mean, how strong is oh, that? That's awesome. No charge. Yeah. Not no charge for the food. No extra. Like right, 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 he didn't right. take back right. the money right. that my buddy had already paid. Yeah. That place. You, you ever um, you ever do the the telacoyos like the really big kind of triangular fried masa stuff with the stuff on mm -hmm. top? They're good, but they would make them, and would, that place was always hit or miss because they would they would nuke reheat their stuff. And if you ever nuke reheat starch and you get the edges wrong and it dries out and you have that like hyper chew, you ever done that? No. You ever. None of you have ever nuked bread and had the one oh, section yeah, turn yeah, into yeah, like yeah, a yeah. rubber ball. Yep, yep, yep. Weird, right? Gross. Super weird. I hate that so much. Uh, Devin Patel wrote in, hey, I want to ask about peeling citrus. My peeler usually grabs a lot of pith, which, uh, you know, the technical word for the pith is the albedo. Oh. The albedo. And the uh, colored part is called the aflavito. Flavido. Wow. Yeah. Which you obviously, if you could choose one, you want the Flavido and not the Albedo, mm -hmm. right? Totally. But whenever I hear the word Albedo, I think Lyle Alzado. Okay. <laughs> who, for those of you, you know, who are young, Lyle Alzado was like a football player, like well-known kind of like also like actor, like, you know, big rough and tumble guy. And one of the first people to... He died really early from cancer, and he blamed the steroids before he died. Oh, really? Yeah, Lyle Alzado, old school. Uh, I wanted to ask about peeling citrus. My peeler usually grabs a lot of pith. Is there a peeler that cuts closer than others? Uh, now I have that song, Fudge. Closer to the bone, sweeter is the meat. Last slice of Virginia ham. It's the best that you can eat, Stas. Don't talk about my baby. She's slender, but she's sweet. You know this song? No, but you should anyway. answer questions. Uh, or is some bitterness from the pith a good thing in a drink? This may look like two questions, but it's not. He's afraid of you. Stars. I know, he is. The answer is this. Uh, some people, that you can get peelers that have different bites, right? In general, like, uh, you know, I use the Kuhn Recon Wise, and there are peelers with a lower bite, but the problem is really that that's a good number. Like, there are, I have a peeler that's way more, has way more of a bite, and I wouldn't want to do that. Um, but you can't have a, like, 
a one size fits all peeler because also all the citrus are different. So like if you're peeling a lot of citrus, you'll notice that some citrus has a softer uh, rind on it and it can get pulped if the, if the bite's not big enough on the, on the peeler. But here's the other thing is that uh, some people will peel the citrus, right? Then flip it and take a knife and take the albedo, the Lyle albedo off of the back of the peel so that you have just a, like a wafer thin, uh, just, you know, colored peel. And I do that sometimes when I'm candying, but in a drink, and here's the secret, Devin, here's what, here's what, you know, maybe no one's telling you is if you don't have that pith, that white to back up the Flavido, when you squeeze it, there's not enough bending force to get the oil to come out properly. So if you want to get a good oil expression on your twist, you need to have a decent pith backbone so that it goes hubooge when you when you for those of you that are looking at the video hubooge and like mm. the the uh the the mist of oil is coming out of it and if you don't get that mist there's no point in putting the twist on hubooge is the noise it makes too it really yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you could listen real close if you uh-huh. were up I've next mic'd, to I've it i mic'd it up but that's yeah. that's accurate hubooge <laughs> just like that from Tent, a question regarding shelf stability of fat wash spirits. Planning to make the Benton's bourbon for home use. So this is, uh, you know, uh, I don't know all the people who worked on it, but like Don Lee, I think John Derrigan worked on it. And the, the way the Benton's, so Alan Benton uh, from Tennessee makes, uh, Tennessee? Yeah. Makes, uh, he makes ham, makes country ham, uh, makes the smokiest bacon I have ever tasted in my life. So it's like, it's smoky, so smoky that you're like, if you're eating it just as a bacon, you're like, that's a lot of smoke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, if you're cooking with it, then money, right? So it's like, it's a lot of people's favorite, like bacon, high-end restaurant cook. It's not cheap. It's not like you're like, you know, it's not like you're putting it into your, into your sauces. By the way, Stas, what are you th- what are your thoughts on using uh, American bacon and pasta sauces? Yeah. You're good. all right with it? Mm-hmm. Cause it tastes wow. good, even though it's not it's right. Nice. It tastes good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm glad I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, me too. Uh anywho, so uh what would happen is is that at Sambar uh back in the day, they would were ripping through uh Benton's bacon, tearing through it, and they would save the fat as they do. And so PDT, where Don and John were, they would take the fat and they would fat wash uh bourbon with the Benton's bacon fat because it's so smoky so you get a lot of flavor transfer and i guess what the reason i'm bringing this section up is please don't try to use a fat that doesn't have good flavor a lot of flavor because what's the point right that's why the bentons is that's why it's bentons and not some other bacon another little tidbit is that if you have overcooked your bacon and it's like i'm pretty sure when they were doing the the the, they were cutting it like kind of big almost lardoni and rendering it and so the fat was still high quality if you're doing slices in a pan at high heat and you've broken the fat down and it smells and tastes nasty guess what your liquor's going to taste Nasty. Nasty. Mm. Nasty. So if if it's gone rancid, if there's been a lot of oxygen touching it, it's going to go rancid. That's going to be your problem. Now, to your specific question, I'm planning to make it. Some sources say it can be kept indefinitely. These sources are correct. Uh, I mean, there might be some oxidative changes over time, but uh, others say only a few days in the fridge due to botulism risk. What has been your experience? I do not see how... On God's green earth, you're going to get a botulism risk by taking something that's at least 40 proof, adding it to an anhydrous, which is a, it's, this is not Hydra, the bad, the bad people. What, who, what, what, what universe has Hydra the bad people in? 
I don't know. Is it Marvel or DC? I can't remember. Anyway, anhydrous means no water, right? So you're using a rendered fat with no water, right? And then you're adding uh, 40, at least 40 proof liquor to it. And then you're removing the fat. So there ain't no way that botulism is going to grow. Your main problem is, again, uh, oxidative rancidity, which ain't going to kill you, but it's going to make it taste bad, right? So, and also you're removing the fat. So where are you going to get botulism from? Where are you going to get botulism from, Sus? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere? I mean, I said nowhere. Oh, nowhere. I like it. Out of nowhere. I like that. That's how it works. Wouldn't it be amazing if, like, they jumped out of the bottle? He said botulism! (laughs) Surprise! Surprise! Botulism. Marvel, by the way. Captain America. Oh, Captain America. Mm. I haven't watched the new stuff now that they killed him off or whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Same. Yeah. Uh, All right. So now, now we're answering the questions that are not. How much we time do we have left? To, we have right there. What? So that's exa- exactly the amount of time I have yes. remaining. Do you remember in uh, Wizard of Oz when the Wicked Witch of the West, who by all accounts was a really nice lady? Yeah. Yeah. All accounts, really nice lady. Uh, she ended up doing the uh, Maxwell House commercials as well mm. in the 70s. So it's mm-hmm. the same person, Wicked Witch of the West, Mas- Maxwell House commercial. So. Uh, Anytime someone like points to a timer that goes down, I, in my head, what I see is the Wicked Witch of the West turning that hourglass over and saying, that's how much longer you have to be alive. And it isn't long, Terry. It isn't long. And then she leaves. Do you mm-hmm. ever have that in your head? That's now? how you feel right now, huh? Yeah. Well, I just, that's, that's, that's what goes in my head. Yeah. It isn't long. It isn't long. And right. then she leaves because, you know, if, can you picture this? She tries to get the slippers and it's. And she can't, right? And then when she gets it, and then she's like, when she's there with the hourglass, she's like, this has to be done delicately. Remember? And then she, mm-hmm. t- yeah, so she's great. But what's the scariest thing in The Wizard of Oz, Anastasia? Monkeys. Those freaking monkeys. Those freaking monkeys. And where I used to sleep when I was a kid, when I was watching that, I, I, my room was in the attic. And we would also get those freaking paper wasps. And so like... And it was around the, I would get the paper wasps and the monkeys. They're not the same time of year because, because uh, what's it called? Wizard of Oz was a Thanksgiving thing back before we had VCRs and all yeah, this. Yeah. Wizard of Oz was Thanksgiving and paper wasps was more of a summer thing. But that window was a year-round source of terror for me because it was either a paper wasp was going to come out of that sucker, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or, or it was going to be one of those freaking flying monkeys, you know? Oof. Yes. That was the scariest part. In retrospect, don't put your only child in the attic by themselves as their room because especially if you have a carpenter ant problem. That's the other thing. It's like the ground wasn't safe because there was a carpenter ant problem. The window definitely wasn't safe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, with you know, throw the monkeys into the mix. It's all over. It's all mm-hmm. over. Uh, yeah. All right. Patrick McCabe wrote in, hey, uh, now oh, this geez. is not that it's not a question about carbonation. Okay. You all right? I'm looking at Are it. Are you triggered? It was a leak, yeah. Mm. You're okay with the term leak? That's fine, but fine just to get all through right. it. I set up a CO2 rig to carbonate cocktails based on the instructions in liquid intelligence. Everything has worked really well and quietly for a few months up until recently. Now, every time I pressurize uh, a bottle, uh, the taprite regulator makes a loud honking squealing sound for about a second that is loud enough to wake up my partner in the other room. 
have tried and made sure all the connections are tight and there doesn't seem to be any leaks. Looked around online and can't find anything on how to fix this. Any advice? Uh, also love the classes on Gush. I'm looking forward to the rest of them. Well, thanks. Uh, for those of you that go on uh, my Instagram and you can see the classes on Gush, et cetera, et cetera, where you can get more of this if you actually want it. And we, we should do classes and fun stuff. We should do some fun stuff on Patreon for our Patreon people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, if you want stuff on the Patreon, let us know. Let us know. We're here for you. Anyway, so um, I'm trying to figure out. So you say for what, what? What do you say? About a second. So a lot of times, what will happen is you'll 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 turn it on. There's a there's a primary that's at like 800 psi, and then they're pressurizing the diaphragm and the safeties. So a lot of times it'll go, whimp, whimp, like that, and that's okay, right? Whimp. What you don't want is. Right. Uh, because if, it, if like all the stuff is taking too long to seat, you might eventually get a leak so that the, there are kind of two places you can leak. The safety can leak in the back. I've had that happen to me. But then you would have a whistling sound. Right. All the time. Right. You could hear it leaking. Uh, the other problem is sometimes the diaphragm, the diaphragm can go bad in several ways. Like sometimes you can get some leaks, usually out of the front, sometimes out of the front where the, the knob is. Uh, but also it can leak in a way. It can leak in a rather frightening way where the pressure just keeps building up. So, like, the pressure will, like, will go and just spike itself. That's frightening. Um, But the good news is, is all this stuff can be uh, rebuilt. So you can go on the the web and look up the Taprite regulator and you can see the... um, the parts you can buy a diaphragm rebuild and, and see if, if that's the problem but in general like if you the longer the line you have that line has to come up to pressure right so it, what's happening is is that you're putting um 800 psi into the primary and then it has to pressurize the secondary side of it all to the pressure you've chosen and that the flow rate is generally pretty low so it's going to take the amount of time you're going to that it takes to fully pressurize the the other side of your system you're going to hear that noise so is that good enough yes and enough? we should come on what no well one 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 more because i got my two la people ready mm-hmm. all right john robert chandler wrote in hey uh any los angeles recommendations i've never been to the west coast and don't know anybody out there any spots to hit thanks in advance all right all right uh west Jack, coast people go oh, i don't have anything what right what the hell I don't know what what, what food food recommendations yeah, food. what neighborhood la is so sprawled out it's kind of hard to say um, I well, like the Thai food in LA. Um, Jitlada's cool and love to eat Thai and Night Market, of course. We've done events at Night Market. They, they yeah, were, they're they great people. Good yeah. wine over there. Yeah. Gra makes a good pizza. It's called Gra? Uh-huh. Like Bra, but Gra? G-R-A. Uh, right. um, you had their pizza sauce? No. No? No. What do you have when you're We were there? on lockdown. <laughs> yeah, but you got food. <laughs> no, I cooked mostly. Yeah. Yeah, Kencho is a, is a good little Izakaya spot up in the hills. Kencho. Like Kencho. Yeah. What about before the lockdown? We like we Trio's liked, Donuts. Yeah. Trio's Donuts. We if you go to Trio's Donuts, get the machete Jolina, donut, right? Juicedo. Juicedo. Where else do we yeah. go? Um, What's your favorite Trio Donuts? We donut? mostly cooked. What's your favorite Trio Donuts? You should donut? go to, I don't know. I had the vegan one. Um, oh, why? I don't know. I was hungover and really angry. Um, For the party? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we go to the farmer's market and cook. That's, That's kind of what I do, too. Yeah. So oh, do yeah. that. That's a recommendation. Go to the Santa Monica freaking farmer's market. That's a good idea. That yeah. is a good idea. So you've just given advice that is like super helpful. If you're not, if you've never been to the West Coast before and you live here on the East Coast 
and you're like, my farmer's market, blah, blah, blah. Then go to the Santa Monica Farmer's Market. What days is it? I think Wednesday and Saturday. I believe that's right. And those are both the good days? They're both Mm -hmm. good days, right? Mm -hmm. There's no, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like if you come to New York, everybody knows the Saturday market's good. The Saturday market's the best. The Monday, Monday and Wednesday, eh, Friday, okay, Saturday, the best one, right? Yeah. Yeah, And you can contact me uh, at Jack Inslee. I'll have better ideas when I have time to think. Mm. Uh, Jack. Yeah. That's all the time. Hold up, hold up. Before we go. Uh, you don't ever listen to interviews that Nastasia and I have done about this radio program, right? No. Okay. Good. good. Don't. Because they've completely we denigrated may, you. I did not denigrate. And Aaron We may or may it. not have mentioned that you guys. We. It you was said. we. It was we. It was we. Okay. You brought it up. We may or may not have mentioned that you guys didn't want to do the jello wrestling in the kiddie pool oh of Merlot. Goodness. Why do we have to say this on air? You're just saying. I'm I saying, mean, you know, it if, got worse, Jack. Oh, God. I if, was kidding around. If this is a way to drive up Patreon subscribers, then keep the bit going. But otherwise. I just want you to know. It could be right here. Like we I could, mean, it could not be, but. How do you know, Jack? Really? I mean, Joe has some sway, dude. Okay. I mean, Joe I controls the music in this whole this, structure. This whole so, Megillah. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm staring across the way at some fabulously, but if it was just, like, I'm staring at a wine shop, I'm literally people right now, if you ever come fishbowl us here at Rock Center, right? Uh, Fishbowling means looking at us while we're talking and not saying anything and like making us nervous, which is like what people used to like to do at Roberta's. They just look at us like we are fish in a tank, which I guess we are. I'm looking at, what is that? That's a, that's a, how much is that? That's a $2,000. A two thousand dollar double magnum or something, but I can't read what it is. I'll I'll wrestle in a pool of that. Really? If you if you if you get the good stuff. Oh, the good stuff kids go but for. But you're you would be fine wrestling in it and like drinking or like uh, chomping on. I, of course, I don't want to do any of this. Come on. I think. All right. Well. All right, Josh. I'll get to your KitchenAid stuff uh, next week, and traveling boy, I'll get to your uh, your Thermomix questions next week, uh, and. Uh, Jackie Molecules, you're going to be back in uh, California next week? I'll be back next week, but I'll be popping in here every now and then. All right. So, but he's he's running the chat room. So if you guys are on the Patreon and running the chat room, you're talking to the original, the real, the Jackie Molecules, right? <laughs> and we got Joe here. We got, we're like, like, look, we're giving you so much. Two talented engineers. We got Nastasia hanging up on people if they call. Like, what is not to want to listen to live people? And you know what? Let's do this. This would be something we do. Sorry, but really quick. Everybody that subscribed today should get a nice little shout out, right? So we got Jeff. We got Brandon Bird. We got Ooh, Brandon uh, Bird. Tad. And we got Jacob Pope. These are the new Patreon subscribers today. So thanks to them. We should we should be shouting out more, more of these subscribers. Oh, yeah. We used and, to do that back in the day. Yeah. When people like donated to Heritage yeah. and whatnot, we would shout. Yeah, we're going to do it again. Shout That's out right. to you guys. Shout out to you guys. We appreciate it. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to tell us what you want. And as always, uh, this episode will go free on Friday because we're not about holding back on information. We just also don't want to starve. Am I right? Yeah. Fair, All right. Fair. Cooking issues.